Welcome to Activate, a podcast for mobile marketers brought to you by Remerge. Take a short break from your screen and listen to what's working in mobile marketing and what's not, straight from the people who are doing it now. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Activate podcast. I'm Tommy, your host as always. Today, I have a really awesome guest on the line with me, someone with over 10 years of marketing experience and over six years of mobile-specific marketing experience, which is often pretty difficult to find in our space because it's such a young industry. In any case, today's guest is Lorenzo Rossi, who is currently the co-founder of Mobile Marketing Italia. Lorenzo, thank you so much for joining us. I apologize for not putting the cool accent on the R of your last name. I knew I would botch it. No worry, Tom. It was perfectly pronounced. And thank you very much for inviting me. It's a real pleasure for me to be here and talk to you and talk about my experience. We're really excited to have you. Like I said, it's not often that we have guests that have 10 years of experience or so, right? It is, again, a very young space. And for that reason, I'm really excited to get your perspective. To that end, and because I keep mentioning this 10 years experience or six years mobile experience, whatever, tell us about yourself. Could you give us a little bit of your background and where you've been and what you're currently focused on? Yeah, sure. So as you say, 10 plus years, it's not that much. I mean, I'm not not that old. I just started pretty early because my mom sent me out of home pretty early. And let's say that I have 10 years in user acquisition. Specifically in mobile, uh, it's about six years since I arrived in Berlin. I started with a small, small company. It was a, a startup where we were doing uh, backgrounds for iPhones, customized backgrounds for iPhones. And that's where I started doing mobile user acquisition, the real one on Facebook. So App Install Campaigns, it was six years ago, in uh, beginning 2014. So a uh, pretty early stage for uh, mobile applications. And I fell in love immediately because uh, it was such a small company that I was doing everything. So I was doing both the campaigns, but also sometimes I was doing the copy and even the banners on, on, uh, on Photoshop. So it gave me the opportunity to express my creativity and the first time, but also to see the results of my work directly on the platform. I could see the CTR going up or the CPI going down. So that was really important to me to understand that I wanted to be a performance marketing manager. I feel like it's so important to get that sort of a hands-on experience where in your case, you were handling things almost end-to-end, right? Everything from actually making creatives and then writing out what they should say to actually analyzing what is the result of these creatives I've built. That's been valuable for you, it sounds like, throughout your career, right? It was very valuable, actually, because then when I moved to the next experience, that was Lavu, the social dating platform. There, I started being a real performance marketing manager. So I was uh, hands-on the channels. I was discovering all the channels of performance marketing. So Facebook, Google, Twitter, that at the moment they were launching in, I think it was July 2014. So we were one of the first advertisers spending a lot of money on this platform. And it was so important to communicate directly with the designers or with the copywriters and ask them to do the changes that I wanted to do because I was becoming a performance marketing manager. And I believed at the time that I knew what color the CTR should be. So I was very amazed by this performance marketing world because it's a mix, I believe, of creativity, 
but also data because you see the results immediately. You can measure your request, actually. You can measure if the text that you propose is better than the other one. Do you spend more time, you think, today on the data component or on the creativity component, you think? At the moment, personally, I don't spend so much time on the creative part. Let's say that I spend more time analyzing the results more on a higher level, okay? Because with the time, let's say I develop more senior positions, so I've become a head of marketing for free to move and that's my last experience after working for one year at Zalando. And basically, I've been through all the process of being a channel manager, uploading banners and creating reports all day, having my first team of two or three people, and then moving uh, to the direction of not touching the campaigns. That was actually the most difficult part. So you might believe that when you become a head, you don't want to touch your campaigns. No, you still want to touch the campaigns because you believe that you are still the best in doing the campaign, right? And so you always want to be hands-on. But then after a transition time, you really understand that that's not your job anymore. Your job is to give some suggestions and some hints to the people who are managing campaigns. Yeah, and to scale the operate, like you have to impart your knowledge into everyone else so that you can scale the operation. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I understood. So we're up to Free to Move, where you were the head of marketing, correct? And remind me, what is Free to Move for those who aren't as familiar? It's always difficult to explain with the words that they want to be explained. I will try with mine. (laughs) Because Free to Move is an aggregator of mobility services, um, shared mobility services. So you can find inside the app all the car sharing, scooter sharing, bike sharing services that are available in your city. So it's a very nice idea. It's actually, it was one of my favorite apps even before I joined the company because I'm a heavy car sharing user here in Berlin. Yeah, when Uber and Lyft were starting to compete quite a bit, I had this idea, which it sounds like Freedom Move didn't quite do. I don't know, but I had this idea where what if you had an app where you had all the ride-sharing offerings in your area right there, right? And then you could say to drivers, hey, I'm ready for a ride right now, wherever your address is. And then they could bid on your business. So if someone bid $10 to give you a ride, the next person could bid 9 or 8 I always thought it was a cool idea, but that's not what Free to Move is, right? It's more of just an aggregator where you can see all the options available to you. Exactly. Yeah. You can see the, all the options, the cheapest one. You also can see some ride hailing and taxi services. I think they implemented also the public transport in some cities lately. So it's developing as the, I say, mobility partner for the daily life. If you want to go from A to B, you're free to choose, let's say, transportation for the kick scooter to arrive to the car and then take the car. So you are really free to use which transportation meaning you want in the intermodal way. They they call it like this. So they are becoming a lot of stuff. And as you can see, it's quite difficult to explain was difficult to be out of marketing of that company to decide what. <laughs> cool. Well, it sounds like at least when we focus on kind of the app space, right? You worked in dating at Louvu, then you worked in shopping with Zalando, and then you worked in, we'll call it mobility, ride-sharing, sort of travel aggregator, right? Three vastly distinct verticals in which you held not three distinct jobs, but you did, as you mentioned, you started kind of as a more hands-on keyboard role, and you worked your way up all to be the head of marketing for Free to Move, right? 
That's true. A lot of years of experience, a lot of different companies. I mean, I'm curious, and you were obviously very successful because you were able to get promoted throughout that time, right? What are some of the things that you think made you successful or made you kind of an effective marketer in those roles? I always say that all of my experiences, also the one in Italy that I didn't mention because it's not in the mobile field, but all the experiences were really important to me to develop my skills and to develop a lot of knowledge. Of course, in these three different experiences here in Berlin, talking about Lovuzaland and Free to Move, all of them were different for uh, industries, so different knowledge of how these kind of industries work, but also in terms of uh, stage of the company. Because uh, at Lovu, when I arrived, we had the main goal of scaling. I think when I arrived, we were at 4 million users, and when I left, we were around 50 million. So you might understand... Oh, yeah, how heavy it was the user acquisition process. We were a team of 10 people, 15 people, only doing user acquisition. So all the channels that you can imagine, we were exploring them. Uh, it was very nice that I was one of the person, I think I was the person in charge of testing new channels. So I tested Twitter, as I said before, I, I tested the first RTB platform and it could give me a lot of knowledge about this platform across of all of them to see which were the common points, to see which were the strong point of one channel rather than the other one. At that point, to be honest, we were not even so focused on ROI because we need to scale. So our main goal was to achieve as much as user we could with a low CPI. I hear a lot of companies going for scale because they were getting around to funding. Was that the case with Luvu, that scaling for funding? No, actually not, because Lavu never had any funding, I believe. I know that they sold the company last year or uh, two years ago. Anyways, after I left, they sold the company to an American group, still dating group. But still, it was not the case. They really wanted to scale. They really wanted to prove that the concept worked. And it was working, actually. So that was really the best moment for me to learn performance marketing. because we could really learn everything that we wanted. We could test, we could test creatives, we could test messages, we could test channels. So for me, Lavu first real experience to be a performance marketing manager. On the other hand, when I moved to Zalando, I was in charge of launching a new app of Zalando. It was called Flick. Very cool idea. So a kind of shoppable Instagram. It was uh, February March 2016. So if I say now a shop about Instagram, you tell me, yes, it's normal. I mean, you can buy on Instagram. At that time, Instagram didn't launch it yet. So it was quite an innovative idea. I really liked it. The idea that some influencer could post a photo of himself on the platform and then you could select the products directly on the platform and buy them. In this case, we were more focused in terms of user acquisition, not on scale, but improving that we could achieve a positive ROI, right? So that the investment would give us a return. So it was more uh, find the right targeting, the right messages, the right products to put on the advertising. Because what I've learned is that people really buy the things that they see on the advertisement. It's amazing. And I'm not talking about retargeting that's another thing. I'm talking about the user acquisition. So if you put a shoe, a sneaker that it's not available in the app, you say, why would you do that? Because sometimes you don't know that it's not available anymore. So if you put on Facebook a sneaker 
a pair of sneakers that it's not available in the app, people would complain. We complain that they're not available. So this was very interesting because you could really affect the size of the order. Of course, if you put socks that they cost 10 bucks and you spend 10 bucks for a user, <laughs> it's difficult to make money at the end of the day. I had to consider all these kind of things. Would you generally market more expensive products then or less expensive products? That's a tricky question. You need to find the right mix. I would always go if it's a shopping app for the kind of expensive product, but if possible with a discount because the discount in e-commerce works amazingly. Like all these kind of things that you could test and basically you can test these things not only on Facebook, but mainly on Facebook because you have the best tool for A-B testing, but you have also the biggest audience. So you can play with the creative and you can find out that uh, if you put the 10% is working uh, better and then if you put uh, 55 instead of uh, 60, for example. With something like discounting, right? What kind of latitude do you have to, like, let's say you have a pair of sneakers, right? And you want to make an ad, uh, the sneakers are normally $50 and you want to make an ad that says 10% discount. Is that something that you as a marketing manager should just, could just go ahead and do? Or does it require a ton of legwork on the e-commerce space on the back end as well of you to get those things in place? Or is it something that you have no control over and you're just looking to see what things are being discounted internally and then you bring that to market? Actually, it's a very good question. I like it because at Zalando, especially in, in that project called Fleek, I had the opportunity to start working very close to the product team. And that's important because we could do this kind of test. Of course, it takes time because it's not that they can do the changes from night to day, but still we can test these kind of things. So it's good for a performance marketing manager to work close to the product team because you can test a lot of stuff. You can test the prices, as you said, but you can also test different buttons instead of the app or inside the website. So this is important. And that's what we were doing, actually. Zalando, more focused on return on ad spend, more focused on really targeting consumers, whereas Levu, more of an operation of scale, right? How can we get as much installs as possible? Did you find that because of those different kind of end goals for each company, did you find that you guys were like more hesitant to test somewhere like Zalando? Did you find that one of those scenarios led you to test more platforms than the other potentially? Or were you always testing no matter what the goals were? I believe that the testing shouldn't depend on the goal because whatever is your goal, you can find better way of achieving it. As often the testing depends on the budget that you have. So let's say that at Lovu, I had kind of unlimited budget because it was very high. At Zalando, uh, it sounds impossible, but since I was working for a separate project, the budget was not unlimited even if the company is big. So before to have more budget, we needed to prove the concept working. So in this kind of case, it's difficult to test so many stuff in terms of channels, in terms of creatives, in terms of messages, in terms of products to put in advertising, you can test as much as you want. But in terms of new opportunities for finding new audiences or new customers, it's kind of difficult. It totally makes sense. Cool. And then after all this, after Zalando, you land at Free to Move, where you're the head of marketing. Anything new you learned there? Or is it kind of at that point, once you're head of marketing, just applications of what you've already taken from these other jobs? You never stop learning. That's something that I've learned, actually. I guess it was a setup question. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about what you learned. 
it's a combination of the two things. Of course, I could apply the learnings that I had before because at that moment I joined Free to Move. Uh, that I joined Free to Move, uh, we had the need of scaling. Okay, so love for scaling, but we also had the need to scale consciously, so to get something back that I learned at Zalando. The journey at Free to Move, I believe, it was incredible. So I joined as uh, head of performance marketing. I joined actually together <laughs> with my ex-boss of Zalando and my ex-boss of uh, Lovu. So we moved together first to Zalando and then to Freedom World. And he was the CMO, Andre, my dear friend, Andre. Then after a couple of months that was working uh, together with me at Freedom World, decided to leave for a new challenge in South Africa. So nothing related to the company. And yeah, I joined as head of performance marketing and I found myself pretty soon to be kind of interim CMO because we didn't have any CMO for uh, one year, I believe, 10 months. Yeah. And the team was pretty small. When I joined, it was five, six people. And at a certain point, we were around 25, 24. So in the worst moment, I, we needed to hire, we needed to scale, we needed to open new markets. It was nice, let's say. As I say, it was a great journey. And I learned a lot of stuff, like uh, both from the advertising side, because I discovered all the geolocation problem of free to move, but also from um, a managerial point of view, because I had to hire a lot of people. We had to create a team. I was working very close uh, to the CEO that helped me a bit. So it was really something that I enjoyed going through but if i look back now i say wow it was it was tough like first experience with a big team fortunately after i think 10 months 11 months we managed to hire a new cmo and i went back to my head of performance marketing role that after a couple of months we understood it was not good for me anymore because i was like kind of cmo for uh, uh, 10 months i could see that being challenging Exactly. So there was my dear colleague, Bree, that was taking care of everything in uh, performance marketing, let's say. And so the CMO told me, look, you should be out of marketing and just work uh, side by side with me and taking care of all the things that have been taken care of when I was not here. At the end, I left Free to Move being out of marketing and I was coordinating uh, all the marketing activities, including, uh, of course, mobile user acquisition and retention, but also other parts like cooperation, partnerships, some offline campaigns, OH campaigns. Very interesting also to coordinate the CRM activities, content marketing, so all the things that you do in a marketing team. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it's not to diminish some of your prior experience in any way, right? But a lot of your experience before going to Freedom Move was, in a sense, siloed, right? Working mostly on mobile and working primarily on user acquisition, albeit sometimes the goal was scale, sometimes the goal was ROAS. Did you find it gratifying? And I guess another question is like, did it make you want to learn different processes within marketing to be in that head of marketing kind of role and be able to look at everything from mobile to CRM to OOH and, and everything? Yeah, well, as you said, when you are a channel manager and it's super cool to be a channel manager, but you only see a piece of the puzzle, right? And fortunately, I found myself in the position of seeing all the pieces of the puzzle and I was also able to move them and to create the puzzle. So that for me was very gratifying because I was developing new skills and learning new things while working. And I think that's the best part of the job, right? Because if you keep on learning while you're doing things, so you never get bored and you never get tired. 
I was very happy actually to coordinate all the activities. I can remember we did, you mentioned the OH, and we actually did a OH campaign here in Berlin. We promoted some banners in the train in the in the metros. And it was super cool because OH is not just putting the banners there on the metro. It's creating the message. It's helping creating the message. It's helping creating the graphics. It's coordinating the user acquisition from a digital point of view. So supporting the offline campaigns with the digital campaigns. It's creating a CRM campaigns with an onboarding specific for the people who are coming from specific geographic areas where we were doing the advertising. So all connected all the pieces of the puzzle that were going in the right place. And that's something very gratifying to see. Yeah, I imagine. In the case of those OOH campaigns, did you find that the message that you leveraged, let's say in a metro station, right? The ad in the metro, did that have to match kind of the ads you were using on mobile or on other channels as well? Or were the ad copy and creative still different? Let's say what we did was the other way around. So we still had the performance marketing campaigns and they were running. What we did, we created additional campaigns on Facebook and Google with the same message that we were using in the OH campaigns because what we did with offline campaigns was something more branding, let's say, and it wouldn't work in the real performance marketing campaigns. Like it's two different things. At the same time, we wanted to support this kind of message with some online campaigns, with some Facebook campaigns that were really geolocated in the specific point of the offline campaigns because we didn't put the campaigns everywhere in Berlin, but just in specific stations. So we knew which were these areas. And in these areas, we were running also Facebook campaigns just to support the offline. That's amazing, man. And I really appreciate you taking us through and I apologize, we've spent so much time kind of talking about your background, right? And it will call it lessons you've learned along the way because there's so much, right? And we could go. It was similar to an interview, actually, man. Very nice. Thanks for uh, keeping me trained. I'm curious, however, what you're up to today, right? I understand and the people who are listening to this podcast know that I introduced you as, as a co-founder of Mobile Marketing Italia. Could you tell us a little bit about some of what you're working on within this company or organization? Mobile Marketing Italia it's not a company. It's not an organization yet, maybe. I would like to define it as a mission. A mission that started in March, April 2019. So not so long ago. I was still working for Freedom Move, but together with my business partner and mainly friend, Luca Mastrocco, we decided that in Italy, there was no mobile marketing culture. Especially compared to something like Berlin, where the mobile marketing culture is massive. Not only Berlin, like uh, the rest of the world, because in Berlin, there is a big culture. Like there are tons of events, big events, small events. Every week, there is a meetup you can go to. There are a lot of companies, a lot of agencies, all of them focused on mobile. And there's none of that in Italy, you're saying? No. So in Italy, there are no, for example, magazines like digital magazines talking about mobile. While you can find... Uh, I don't know, hundreds of blogs in English that are talking about mobile marketing. You can find the specific ones for the specific areas. You can find the one for retargeting. You can find the one for ASO. So you understand that the rest of the world is very developed in terms of, I wouldn't say knowledge. I really want to say culture because at the end we noticed that since we launched the product, not the product, sorry, the project, there is a lot of traction. There are a lot of people interested. There are a lot of people subscribing for the newsletters. 
a lot of people that are going to our website and reading the articles. Because at the end, Mobile Marketing Italia is just a hub, a digital magazine where we publish articles regarding mobile marketing, how to, like how to create Facebook campaigns, how to create a retargeting campaign, these kind of things. Plus what we did, we started a community of Italian mobile marketers and we called it the pioneers of mobile marketing. And we interviewed them. We actually want to involve all the people, all the Italian people that are working in mobile marketing, but not in Italy, unfortunately, because you don't find many mobile user acquisition manager in Italy, you still find digital marketing manager, online marketing manager. So we kind of want to change this because we have seen that UK in London, there are a lot of events, there are a lot of people uh, working in mobile performance marketing. The same also if you look in uh, USA, in Spain, like Barcelona a few years ago was not like it is today. I personally couldn't find a job in Barcelona three years ago because I wanted to move to Barcelona, but it was not possible to find performance marketing position or good performance marketing position open. And now it's totally different. Now there are a lot of events about mobile, a lot of companies hiring. So we want to do the same in Italy. We want to not teach the people because people, they don't need to be taught. They really need to be a bit educated on the difference between digital and mobile and the importance. Because at the end, I mean, in Italy, I think we are the population with most telephones. Like, Yeah. And it sounds like the audience that you're looking to engage also just needs a forum, like a place to talk about these things to a degree, right? Because you had mentioned, you know, there's not conferences, there's not a lot of professionals in Italy working in these kinds of roles. Maybe just a matter of creating conversation about some of these, what people are seeing, what are trends, and that hopefully snowballs into more and more. And that's what we tried to do last month. We actually, I say something that is not true because there were no conferences. Now there is one conference. It's called Aperi Mobile. And that's what we organized the 30th of October in Milan. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We What's did it called again? Aperi Mobile. It's like a mix between Aperitivo because we are in Italy, in Milan. And so people care about Aperitivo and mobile because the topic was mobile. And we were scared because after a few months, after launching the website, we decided to do a meetup entirely organized from Berlin in a city and in a country that we don't really know in terms of uh, dynamics. I mean, I'll make you an example. I know that if I do a meetup in Berlin, if 100 people register, 70 or 60 will show up, right? Yeah, yeah. Neither we don't know these kind of things. And we started promoting it and we got really a lot of interest. I remember the day of the event at lunchtime, we had 137 people registered to the meetup. And we said, what the fuck? Where are we going to put all these people? (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, we realized that at the event, we were just 60. And I say just because compared to 137, it's not so much. But still, 60 people for one event that is talking exclusively about mobile, and it's the first one in Italy, we were really satisfied and really happy. So we really hope that it's the beginning of something. Do you think you guys will do another one next year or sometime in the near future? Yes, probably February or March. Depends. We need to decide the date. So for those on this podcast who might want to learn more about that event or might want to attend in the future, is there a place where they can go or can they contact you to learn more? They can contact me on LinkedIn or they can just go to our website that is mobile-marketing.it. 
All right, cool. So that's mobile-marketing.it. Lorenzo, that sounds like a really cool project. And I really appreciate you taking the time today to come out here and tell us about Mobile Marketing Italia, as well as, again, tricks of the trade and all the lessons you've learned along the way in your career. It's been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest on this podcast. And I really hope we can have you back in the near future and we can talk more about where Mobile Marketing Italia is at that time and some of the developments you've made. I hope the same, man. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me. It was a real pleasure. Of course. Again, everyone listening, Lorenzo Rossi, who is the co-founder of Mobile Marketing Italia. You can find out more about his event at mobile-marketing.it. Reach out to him. He's an awesome resource, uh, a true expert in the space, and it's been a pleasure having you. Thanks again, Lorenzo. We'll talk soon, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking a break with us and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights. See you next week.